just so you guys know, this is the first time that we're actually going live on Facebook. It's not something we're going to regularly do, but definitely felt the leading of the Lord to put this sermon live. Um, as this is our last service here. Um, it's not our last service, <laughs> praise God. Uh, the, the devil would have to do much more than that to stop us from this. <clears throat> Let me say that again. The devil will have to do much more to stop us from doing this. He cannot stop what God has started. He's never been able to stop what God is doing. And as we said last night at prayer, we know that if for some reason the enemy is allowed to touch you, he first had to ask God for permission to do so. So it's all working to the good. Amen. And as believers, we should have confidence in knowing that though I might find difficulty in this life, trial in this life, trouble in this life, listen to what I'm about to say, my comfort is not in the victory that lies after, but in the victory I have in Christ. That through it all, whether I see victory on the other side or I die in my trouble, I will still see victory on the other side. We need to hear this today. There's too many sermons and too many preaching and, and too much teaching going on where it is it's this kind of like a, it's almost like a movie script. You got the beginning, the middle, the climax, and then the end. As you start out with this, like, this sermon of, you know, God wants to uh, bless you, intro. Then you go, but sometimes you're going to go through trial, middle. But God's going to bring you out of the trial, climax. And you will get to the other side, ending. And that sermon is being preached over and over and over and over, and it does us as believers no good. It does us no good because we end up setting our eyes on a temporary promise instead of keeping our eyes on the eternal life that's found in Christ. This isn't old school preaching. It's the only preaching. The vessel might change from time to time, but the message stays the same. Christ crucified and resurrected. Amen. So I have a couple announcements before I get into the word. 2 Timothy chapter 4, I want you to turn there. But this is our last service in this building. We have another building we're moving to. Praise God, he has provided. I actually had somebody uh, comment on Facebook. They said, you know, there's some people who could spend a decade, some churches that spend a decade trying to grow a body through different tactics and means, and then literally they're living out of their house or worshiping out of their house, and they can't find a building. God has provided for us four different locations in one year. And each location has been better and better and better because God does it like that. And when I say better, I mean to be able to do more ministry. Amen. And he has provided for us again, so I say praise God for that. So what's going to happen is, and you want to you take note of this, 4141 North Fresno Street. 4141 
North Fresno Street. Very easy address to know. It's on Fresno and Ashland. There's a, a bicycle shop there. It's right behind the bicycle. I think it's Schwinn, right? Right behind the Schwinn Bicycle Shop, there's a building there, and that's going to be our new location. And it will be a permanent location. Uh, Pastor Marcos and uh, Pastor Dan, they're a part of the board that's there. Pastor Marcos pastors a Spanish-speaking church there, and Pastor Marcos is under the same covering as me. Praise God. So we have the same bishop. So I'm looking forward to that. So next Sunday, 10 o'clock, we're going to have a combined service with them. He's going to preach, share a vision. He'll have a translator. I'll share, and then Saul will translate for me. Nate will do a couple songs. They'll do a couple songs, and we're going to come in unity for the work of God that's being done there at Fresno and Ashland. Amen. Next Saturday night will be our first prayer night in that building. That's at 6 o'clock. We do a 530 pre-word. That'll be our last prayer night that way because our services will move from Sunday to Saturday night. So our main services now will be Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Amen. Anybody going to have an issue with that, getting there at that time? I hope not. We started out on a Saturday night, right? And God moved, and he's going to move again. The reason for that is because we want to make sure that we have enough space and enough time to do what God has called us to do and let them do what God has called them to do. And we don't want to be walking on each other trying to, you know, make services happen. So being that we can do it on a Saturday night, that means we don't have to leave when the service is over. Hello, Saturday night, no Sunday morning church, stay up till 11, what's up? Bring your pajamas. But we like to fellowship. The heartbeat of all of the gospel is fellowship. You'll see it all throughout Scripture. Even as I get into 2 Timothy 4, you see the relationship Paul had with Timothy. It was intimate. Intimate in what? Christ. And when you have that, you don't want to leave that. It's very hard to find that. And here's the thing. Here's why fellowship is so important. Fellowship is the work. Because if you go win the entire city of Fresno, what are you going to bring them back to? A system? A manufactured plant that pumps out pastors? Trust me, we don't need more pastors. We need more of Jesus. We do not need more pastors. We don't need more titles. We need more of Christ. God knows how to raise up who needs to be positioned in order to take on more, and we should not worship anything but Christ. So I'm excited because I know that, that what is about to take place is going to flip Fresno upside down. And a lot of pastors have come out and tried to say that statement before. But see, I'm not just a pastor trying to say that statement. I'm not somebody who just came up one day and said, you know what, I think I'm going to plant a church. We're going to call it Pathway Family Church, and then we're going to flip the city upside down. This has nothing to do with Pathway. This has zero to do with any one body of people. God said, in the end of time, and that last day, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Do you know what happens when the spirit of God is poured out on all flesh? Galatians 5. Because there's warfare between the flesh and the spirit. And trust me, if you don't kill that thing, it will fight against God himself. 
So when the Spirit of God is poured out like it's being poured out, what ends up happening is everything that can be shook will be shook. And only what is unshakable will remain. And that's why in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to read this and then we're going to get into the text. It says in verse 25, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. I am not here speaking on my own authority. I am here speaking on the authority of Almighty God, called by God to do his will and his bidding. I am not here to do my own will. So be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one, capital O, that is speaking. Open your Bible and you'll see. It's not talking about Tony. Last I checked, Tony starts with a T. It's a, it's a lowercase t at that. But truthfully, be careful that you don't refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, then the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. So is there anybody in Fresno speaking for God? Or are they speaking for their churches? Are they speaking for their vision and their agenda? Are they putting team after everything? And are they emphasizing building a team? Do they have small groups for recruiting? Or are they coming together to glorify God? This is a hard message because nobody wants to listen to the truth. And if they stone me, so be it. Because this has to start with me. <laughs> I got to make sure that I'm not doing it for the reasons that I could do it for. And I'm listening to the one. Listen to the word of God. 26, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, these are in quotations. These are, this is the word of the Lord. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that the only unshakable, that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. That's a, that's a twofold word. First, that's talking about when he actually shakes the literal heavens and the earth. Second, it's talking spiritually because right now as I declare this truth, stuff is being shook. The flesh is being shook. What is of earth, flesh, temporary things are being shook. What is of heaven, eternal things, spiritual things remain. And some people today may be listening and saying, but you're just a man. You're right. I would never argue with you about being just a man, but so are you. We all are merely people just trying to do the will of God. But what is that will? To build a church, to build organizations, to build a movement, or to tap into what's been built already? His name is Jesus. His last name is Christ. <laughs> he is the only Christ. 
And that's why we preach Christ and we don't just preach Jesus. Because even Jesus said and the apostles said there will be another Jesus that people talk about. They will create another Jesus. But be careful that you don't fall into that. That you don't get caught up in the culture of things, in the branding of things. Huh? But you remain in the one who has been branded the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Is there any other name under heaven that a man could be saved? Then take off the t-shirts and burn them. Take down the banners and burn them. Put the name of Christ up on every corner. Put the name of Christ up on every street. Put the name of Christ up on every stop sign. Put the name of Christ up everywhere you go and just, I'm telling you right now, promise me. Hold me to this. Promise me and I'll promise you. The scripture of God says this. If Jesus Christ be lifted up, God will draw all men unto himself. We do not need to add anything to his name. Listen, it starts with us. We're Pathway Family Church. We could slap that on a T-shirt real quick. But what good would it do? Some would say, man, I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Some would say, well, it's going to bring people. It's, it's identifiable. It's, it's going to bring people to your church. It's, it's a cool logo, right? Really? Trust me, people need the Holy Spirit more than they need that shirt. And they need, and this world needs brothers and sisters who will stand and say that in face of the adversity that will come. Because there are people that take pride in what they're doing. And they can't lay it down. Their organizations are too big. They can't lay it down. They say, we've done this for too many years. We can't lay it down. And you know what? God does not care about that. There is only one thing that God wants, and it's the glory. It's the glory. Amen. Is this hard? Is this a hard word? It's, it's not hard for those who are surrendered. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 4, let's walk through the, through the text. Oh, Father, I pray that as I read your word, I would not speak just as a man, but that I would be used as an instrument to declare your truth to your people and even to myself. Stir in us what is necessary to carry out the call. Say that. Say, stir in me what is necessary to carry out the call. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead. It says the living and the dead. Who, some, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Verse 1. He's going to judge what? Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. He's going to judge the next chicken sandwich that just came out. He's going to judge company versus company. Person versus person. The living and the dead. So why are we preaching anything else? If he's coming to judge the living and the dead, why are we concerned about anything else? The only thing we need to be concerned about is who is living and who is dead. Are you able to tell the difference? Are you able to walk among your community 
among your workplace, among the marketplace, and tell the difference between who is alive in Christ and who is dead? Are you able to walk in your churches? Your brothers and sisters that claim this name and know who is living and who is dead. Because that's who he's coming to judge. Thank you, Lord, that it's, it's the living and the dead and not blacks and whites. We don't serve a racist God. Because what happens for those that are in between? What happens to the Browns and what happens? To, look, at God is not prejudiced. He's not racist. He is judging the living and the dead. We have to humble ourselves. We have to deny ourselves. We have to die to ourselves that we might live. But I know that already. Do you? Do I really know what it takes to pick up my cross? Am I willing to walk away from family and jobs and popularity, social status? Am I willing to lay down the things that I've worked so hard to gain? But I had five miscarriages, and the one that I just had is my promised child. Will you lay that child down? Oh, that's a hard topic. Don't touch on that. You might hurt somebody's feelings. No, I won't. If you ask that person, they need to hear this. Because if all of their hope is in the promised child, then they are not hoping in Jesus. This is what I declare. That God is not trying to bless you so you can be blessed. But he's trying to bless you so he can get glory. That blessing can come if you over, overthrow a kingdom or you're sawed in half. It's too hard, huh? This preaching's too tough. Look it. It's the truth. And if you don't have the truth, you can't be set free. He will come to judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. This is the word of God, not the word of Tony. This is the word of God. Listen to what he says. I solemnly urge you in the presence of who? What's your word say? In the presence of who? No, Bishop J.R. Bishop J.R., I got to make sure I look good in front of Bishop. God, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and who? Christ, who will some, solemn, someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. This is what he's urging us to do. What does it say? Preach the word of God. I don't need footnotes, man. You don't need footnotes. You don't need commentary. You need the word of God. Preach the word of God. You need the whole word of God, the unadulterated word of God. You need the truth of God. You need the revelation of this word. You don't need just the text. You need insight. You need to preach the word of God. Watch this. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. There it is. And we overlook it so fast, huh? We just want the favorable time. Right, Esther? We want the favorable time. We want the time where, like, we get the award in front of the church for doing such a great job at, at, at whatever it is, children's ministries. You know what? I just want you to come up and just acknowledge you in front of everybody. You're doing such a great job. And then they sit down. It's like, no, glory to God. 
because their abilities did not, did not happen on their own. But they came from somewhere to do that work, and that place it comes from is a holy mountain. <laughs> it's a holy mountain set apart and set aside where every gift and every perfect gift comes down from what? The Father of lights. That's where every good and perfect gift comes from. So we don't bring people up. We don't do these things. We, we, we don't walk this, this gospel out in order to stroke the flesh. We do this to kill the flesh. I'm, I'm barely, this is tough, man. Because the flesh don't want to die. And it's what's worse than being an unbeliever is being self-righteous. Because then we start, we're no longer pursuing holiness, which means to be set apart. We're now pursuing acceptance. We no longer want to be set apart. We want to be accepted. Preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Whether you have plenty of money in the bank or it is overdrafted. Preach the word. Whether you have a thousand friends beside you or one, preach the word. Whether you have the approval of the political party or not, preach the word. You may, pastors, have to, have to uh, preach something that your board doesn't agree with. Preach the word. Let everything fall where it may based on preaching the word, based on the truth of God. Amen. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. What is good teaching? What would you consider good teaching? Just give me, give me, give me some stuff. You guys have been here long enough. What would you consider good teaching? The truth? What else? Huh? This morning service? What else? What would be a, a good teaching? The word of God, transparency? What else? Preach the word? Conviction? What else? What's good teaching? Love. What's good teaching? That's it right there. It's the only thing that's good. There is no teaching good outside of Christ. Many people throughout many generations have taken this same Bible and created whole denominations over it saying that unless you speak in tongues, you're not saved. No, unless you have Christ. That's the only good news. Thank you, God, that I don't need to look away from Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me give you guys a little nugget. If Jesus Christ saw it fit for you to speak in tongues, he would have told you. But he used Paul to do that admonishing, and that's why it's not necessary. I'm being real with you. Jesus spent his life proving to you he was the son of God, so that way you wouldn't look to any other teaching. So you would only look to Jesus. Amen. But we have had people take this, and it's not good teaching. It's man teaching. It's works teaching. It's not grace 
It's saying, go to church and then you'll find Jesus. No, find Jesus and then you'll be the church. Yeah, but that sounds like that was put on a, a, a cereal box some time ago. Or that sounds like somebody wrote it on a sneaker. You know why? You watch too much social media. You go online and you look at every meme there is and you say, oh, I've heard it before. But do you know it? Do you know what you've heard? Preach the word. Good teaching don't exist outside of Jesus Christ. Verse 3, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. Trust me, back then they didn't have televisions, right? They didn't have uh, a lot of the media streams that we have now. And so it would have been kind of odd if Paul was preaching in the synagogue and declaring the good news of Jesus and then pulled up a secular magician and then had them do something real quick and then use it as an analogy. Would that be weird? Would it be weird to see a man of God pull up someone who was not of the faith and then use them as an analogy and tell them to go away and then keep preaching their sermon? Would that be kind of odd? We do it today in our sermons, but we have media to do it. We say, watch this clip. And when you watch the clip, you're watching a secular demonstration of something going on, and then you say, okay, enough with that. Now let me give you a biblical teaching on it. You don't see that here. You don't see Jesus doing that. You don't see any of the apostles doing that. Why? Because there's no need to do that. You're adding garments on Christ. Oh, man, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying this morning. You're putting things on Jesus. So I had a vision. Anybody in here believe in visions still? I mean, are we, are we in, a, in an age where people no longer believe that God speaks these ways? He, he does. And I had a vision, and I saw people putting things on Jesus. And I, I, it, the crowd was so, so vast, and there were so many, and I could barely see through, and I, and I could see it was Jesus. I, I couldn't see his face or anything, but I could see that that was Christ. I knew it. And, and, then, and all of a sudden, the, the crowd moved away. And there was names all over his garment, brand names and, 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 and church names and, and all these names and rap names and singer names, and they were all on Jesus. And he said, get this off me. And, he, and they all fell to the ground. All these names fell to the ground. And everybody stood as he said these words. He said, you did not come to clothe me. I came to clothe you. That is the truth. And whether you, it doesn't sit right with you or not, it does not matter. It don't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with my agenda and my flesh and everything I want to attain in this life because it requires me to throw it off and only put on Christ. Oh, now you sound over-spiritual. Well, you don't sound spiritual enough. Seriously. You're going too deep. You're not deep enough. Deep calls to deep. Since when did the person on the surface be able to say what's going on in the depths? And no, your little polarized glasses can't help you see through because it's too deep. But only those that are deep can call to those that are deep. Amen. Amen. But you shout too much. 
People have told me this. I'm like, are you really looking at the man? Are you really looking at the man? If I was too quiet, you'd say I was too quiet. If I was, on, if I was missing a leg, you'd say that would be the problem. Christ. Christ. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look, for, watch this, they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. You know the, one of the biggest problems with this? Watch, it says uh, they will reject the truth and chase after myths. You know the biggest problem with this is every single person that's doing this doesn't believe that it's them. How can you tell if that's you? I got a really good answer. How can you tell if that's you? If you're walking in the flesh. How can you tell if you're walking in the flesh? If everything points back to you. How can you tell if everything's pointing back to you, especially when you're doing it for the Lord? Listen to me now, my brother and sister. Take a very, very strong warning to what I'm saying. Stop lying to yourself. Stop looking for ways to say it's Jesus when it's not. When it's just not Christ. If Christ himself wouldn't stand up and do what you're about to do, don't do it. If what you're about to do doesn't point back to the coming of Jesus Christ, then it isn't for him. You know why I know this? Because people have made it about winning souls. Now I'm about to tread on some water that people are going to get real mad about. Jesus is more important than souls. Souls are the beneficiaries of the work of Jesus Christ. Amen? If you have oxygen and lungs, which would you choose first? That's what you get when you have Jesus and people. You don't choose people first. You choose the oxygen, Christ. So when the people come, they got something to breathe in. That's the problem is that people aren't pointing at the coming of a Jesus. The scriptures are very clear when Paul is writing, when the, the apostles are writing. They're saying, look to the day. Look ahead. Don't store your riches in earth. Store them in heaven. What does that mean? Look to the coming of Jesus. All of the prophets before pointed to his coming the first time, and now all prophets and people now should be pointing to the coming a second time. There should be no other reason we should be living for God. Oh, man, y'all ain't catching one. There should be no other reason we should be living for God. You should not be living for God for you. Trust me. You will not care about your mansion when you get there. You will not care about the streets of gold or the gates of pearls. You know, right now, it looks amazing on this side, but God is on the other side going, man, they have no idea that what I have used for them to see as amazing is going to look foolish in my sight because when they stand before me, they will worship me. And you will say, take the streets of gold, take the mansion, take the pearly gates. I don't want even heaven itself. I want almighty God. Amen. 
give me Christ? Where's Jesus? He knocked on the door of my heart when I was 12. I need to see him because he kept me until I got here. Where is he? I will not be thinking about my legacy I left behind. Matter of fact, on the other side, I'm going to be looking back going, I was so foolish to make it about my legacy. When you stand before Almighty God, you will not say, I did all these things. Those of us who have been saved and redeemed and have been changed, we will lay face flat on the ground or whatever it is, and we'll say we're not even worthy. You will not even have the strength to defend yourself. You will know in that moment how wretched you really were and how glorious God really was. They reject this truth. They go after things that itch. What does that mean? They're looking at what's temporary and going, yeah, God wants that for me. God really wants that for me. He really wants to give me a $2 raise, and then everything will turn around for me. May the Lord have mercy on anybody who believes that because he loves us, and he doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want us chasing after what's fading Look at what it says in verse 5. Am I, am I too energetic this morning? You, some of you are quiet like the eyeballs. <laughs> like, too much truth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look at what it says in verse 5. But you should keep a what? How do you have a clear mind when all you're thinking about is what you believe is promised to you? You know, sometimes your mind's not clear because you're too busy trying to grab a hold of what you think is promised to you. Have a clear mind, mean, meaning don't worry about anything else in every situation, right? Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. It doesn't say don't be afraid of suffering. It says don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. There's a difference between suffering and suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others what? The good news. And fully carry out the ministry God has given you. That ministry for Timothy is the same ministry for Paul, and it's the same ministry for everybody who will ever take hold of this ministry. It's the ministry of Christ. It's the ministry of reconciliation. It doesn't change. It is the only ministry there is. I might call it my ministry, but it isn't mine. It's never been mine. This ministry has always been God's. Amen. Verse 6, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. May we all desire to say those words. That when we get to the end of our life, whatever that is, it could be tomorrow, it could be a, a 10 years from now, 100 years, I don't know. Wherever that is that we might say, man, I did it. I ran the race, man. I gave it all. I, I preached it. I gave it all. I, there was nothing else left to give. I gave my money, gave my time, gave my mind, gave everything. I gave it all. I ran the race. May we be able to say the same thing, that I have been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. Look at that. If only we would, t if only we would live like that now. If only we would live like the time of our death is near. I, I promise you, you wouldn't be bragging about the vacation you went on. 
What are you trying to say, Tony? It's, it's not, it's a bad thing to talk about the vacation, enjoy that. No, listen, amongst your brothers and sisters in Christ, you can have, do all of life together and it never really be about the vacation. You can celebrate things, it's fine. But when you are going on Facebook trying to build a following or doing it for, to be seen, it's wrong. That's why Jesus said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, because he is saying, keep it holy. Keep it separate. Amen? I don't tell you every intimate detail of me and my wife. Man, I'm preaching this morning. I'm touching on things this morning. God has me touching on things. I don't tell you everything that's going on because there's certain things that are for us. It's not for the world to know. And the same thing in the body of Christ. There are certain things with God that are just for the body. And they should not be exploited. You know what? Even now, and only because we're live, I'm going to say this. Stop putting the, 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 uh, the deliverance services online. Have you ever asked people who are getting delivered if it's okay? But you put it out there to promote whatever you're doing. Stop it. God has never needed us to do that. That's what I'm saying. We don't need to exploit the move of God. Because those of you who know that you're doing it, you're doing it for your own glory and not God's glory. But it's one of the reasons why I don't go live, and this will be one of the few times that I do, only because God asked me to. But I don't because I never want to exploit what God is doing here. I don't mind. We're going to do videos later, and we'll edit those videos so that way, you know, it doesn't exploit anything. But I don't want to in any way exploit the move of God on your life. Now all of a sudden you're coming up here or people are coming up here because they know we're live. You think that don't happen? Matter of fact, I mean, I just feel such a strong anointing. You, you know, you think the anointing is like people falling out in the spirit. But what is actually happening right now is the, the word of God is permeating the psychological factor of people, the flesh factor of people. I mean, there is a lot being shook by the declaration of the truth. But the reason why I'm saying this about people coming up for attention is because I did. I saw it on Facebook one time. One, one group, and I'm not going to mention who it was. It doesn't matter. But one group of people had an outreach. This man was in a wheelchair and pretended to get healed. I knew when I saw that video, I said, that was not a real healing. And I was like, Lord, you know. One day later, I saw another video at a different outreach with the same person pretending to get healed. Both ministries went live as if God used them to heal the man, but little did they know it was Satan exposing them. That actually God allowed the enemy to use this manufactured healing to expose the heart of those that were in the ministry. Now, he didn't, I really doubt people caught it, but I did. And let me tell you what I did. This is the right way to do it. I prayed for them. I didn't expose them. I didn't go. There's no need. But I prayed for them. God allowed me to see that so I would pray. I never even preached on it. I never did anything until this day. This was months. This is probably almost a year ago. And I'm bringing it up, and I'm saying to you, you don't know the people's road to Damascus, and you don't know their Peter moment. You don't know when they're going to come to Jesus or deny him. So it is the information that gets declared to you as a believer is not so that you can gossip, not so that you can slander, but that you could pray. Verse 7. 
I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. (laughs) Paul looked forward to meeting Jesus like that. And the prize is not just, look, I love this. And the prize is not just for who? It's not just for me. But for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I heard it said one time, and it was very true, that you're so close to the tree that you can't see the forest. And when I heard it, I didn't get it. When I first heard it, I was like, Julian, what are you talking about? There's trees all around you. You know what I mean? Like, I just didn't get the analogy. But I, I, the Lord began to show it to me, and this is what he's saying in, in, the, in a true form. You could use that analogy for a lot of reasons. You could say, you know, you're so close to your pain, you can't see your healing. But really, that analogy only fits to the greatest healing we have, which is the coming of Christ. And we are so close to the temporary things in life, we can't see the eternal things of God. We are so close to the next day and our next checkbox of list of things to do and our bucket list that we can't see the eternal riches of Christ. Amen. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but I want Jesus. I want the eternal things of God. I want this. I want to, I, I want to eagerly look forward to his appearing. I want to, I do sometimes, I'm not going to lie. I might sound crazy, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> if I'm crazy, it's for God. Amen. But sometimes I walk outside And I do, I look up and I say, is this the day? It's just me. I'm just sharing a little bit about me. I I know I'm, but I do, I I step out and I look up and I go, is is this the day, Lord? Because one day that's going to happen and you're going to see the sky crack. One day it's going to happen. You know, it's like Christmas every day, man. It's like open the present already, yeah? Pull back the veil. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Is is there any other gift that you could even imagine that's going to be as great as that? Timothy, please come as soon as you can. And and, and here goes Paul name dropping again. He starts dropping some names here. And it's like, man, if we did this today, we would get socially crucified. (laughs) If you started dropping names and saying so-and-so left the faith, They'd be like, oh, man, you shouldn't talk about that kind of stuff. Paul had no problem talking about it because it's a real thing. People walk away from the faith. And when you are in the faith, you never, you never, ever, ever want bad for them. But listen to what Paul is saying. Please come as soon as you can. Demas Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Just saying that right there, if I said, you know what? Pray for Papa because he deserted me because he loves the things of this life. You know some of you would be like, don't talk about Papa like that. But it's true. People leave the faith because they love the things of this life. Don't let it be you. Amen? Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will help, he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent, whatever that name is, Tychicus, 
to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books and especially my papers. And I want to stop right here. This is why I know that these letters are, that even though we know that this is the infallible word of God, one of the reasons why these letters are left like this is so we can see that these were people. It's not a story being written. Like there was a man named Paul and he asked for his books. He's saying, bring my books. He's, he's writing from first person. And really, is that going to be applicable to your life? Are you going to say, you know what? And the Bible says, bring my books. <laughs> I mean, you get what I'm saying? So not everything that's written is meant to be preached like Christ is. But it's still beneficial for you to realize that this is our brother. He walked this out. He went through it. He had desires. Like he wanted his papers and books. Like, are you see, you see what I'm saying? It's a real documented manuscript. Alexander the coppersmith did much, did me much harm. There's the name again. And he mentioned his his uh, uh, trade, right? Alexander the coppersmith, I'm sure they, everybody knew who that was. And he said, did me much harm. Watch what he says right here. But the Lord will judge him for what he has done. That's tough. I have a hard time believing that Paul was being harsh here. That when he said, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done, I, I believe what he was actually saying, this is what I feel the Spirit shows me, is he handed him over to the Lord. He, he was saying, he was talking to his brother, Timothy. You know, Paul probably didn't know this was going to be put in a Bible. He was just doing his job, Right. But he, he was talking to his brother Timothy like I would talk to dad. like, man, you know what, Gabe, he really did me, he did me dirty. You know, I know the, Lord, the Lord's going to judge that. It's not that I wish bad on Gabe. It's just I have to hand it over to the Lord so I can have forgiveness in my own heart. God will judge those who have talked bad about you. God will judge those who have backbitten you. God will judge those who have slandered you. And you don't want to take joy in that judgment. You are not sitting back going, ha, ha, ha. Right? That's of the flesh. No, you say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on them. Let mercy triumph over your judgment, Lord. Because you know why you need to pray that? Because that's what he did for you. He didn't judge you, but he gave you mercy. <sighs> Thank you for your mercy, Father. Be careful of him. For he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. There it is. Do you see the mercy in that? They did all this to me. They hurt me. They harmed me. They talked bad. They fought against everything. And even when I was before the judge, everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. Mercy. Verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. Thank you, God. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to leave that there. We don't need to finish off that, but... He says, 
he will deliver me from every evil attack. You know, he's in chains. That's why I know, I know that God is not worried about the chains that are on your flesh. Because you have been set free from the chains that were on your soul. This is why, this, I go, I'm circling back because this is why I can't preach the pathway. And to those of us who know Christ, we know how foolish that sounds anyways. Ain't that right, Saul? It's foolishness to preach a brand. But you know why pathway is cool? You know why it works? It's because we get to take this little brand, this little whatever the world calls it, and lift it up and then smash it. And we get to throw it down. And we get to say, look, it's not about the church. It's about Christ. And from that place, we become the church. And we can celebrate together and we can stand together and we can endure together. And even if the world chains us and says, oh, that pathway church is crazy. I don't understand what they're talking about. It's okay. We didn't understand it at one point either. <laughs> at one time, we were also lost in doing things that were fading. But now God has us doing things that are only eternal. We are amongst the body of believers who truly love Jesus because there's no way you'd come back week after week listening to this madness, right? Because to the world, it is madness. And even to some of our brothers and sisters in the faith, there's turmoil because they don't know how to separate what they've made their identity to be in the world. They don't know how to separate that so they can then see that we don't have to necessarily agree on certain things, but we can still do the work of Jesus. That in the same way you're asking, watch this, in the same way you're asking me to not talk about you dimming lights, sorry, I'm going to talk about it, and you have all freedom to talk about whatever you want with me, and trust me, let God be the judge of all things. Because this is not a war between man and man. This is a war between God and the devil. This is not a war between brand and brand. This is a war between flesh and spirit. And so it's important that, that we don't be afraid to preach the truth. And I can only pray that if there are leaders out there that do these things, that they would examine their own heart so Christ can get the glory in that. Because you know what? If God does turn, tell you to turn the lights down, which at times when we pray, he does. At times we turn those lights down because I like to pray in the dark. I don't know. It's just something I like to do. But if he tells me to keep the lights on, I'm keeping the lights on. And one thing I'm not going to do is let myself get so comfortable in turning the lights down that I can't pray with the lights on. Right? Or that I don't want to get so comfortable uh, singing worship with instruments that I can't sing without them. Or I don't want to get so comfortable doing worship that I can't just stop worship and pray. Like, I don't want to be so comfortable doing the ins and outs of things that I can't be called on by God to take what I feel has been promised to me, to take a knife to it. <laughs> Knowing that if I do that, my, my obedience to taking a knife, like Abraham to Isaac, my obedience to saying all these promises that you've given me are laid on this altar, my obedience will lead to a ram in the bush. And even if I have to kill what it is that I feel has been promised to me, I have all confidence God will resurrect it. We have to keep this the center focus of our lives. Amen. Paul was admonishing Timothy, preach the gospel, preach the word of God. That's what we should be doing. 
And unfortunately, just like the scriptures talk about, there will be people who go away. We just read it. And they'll, they'll actually look for people who will tell them. They'll, they'll, they'll look for what's comfortable. There was, it was necessary to write that. You know there were people who read those letters who was like, I know he's talking about me, dang Paul, man. I saw him over in Thessalonica, and he was talking about everybody. You know there were rumors and there were things. I mean, come on. And he's like, Christ, Christ. Christ, yeah, sorry, I'm laughing because, okay, I'll share it with you, and then I'll, I'm going to close. I'm laughing because I was sitting with some brothers, and we were having some, uh, what's that ice cream called? The Mexican water-based ice cream? Huh? I still can't understand you, man. Mango nieda, nieda. Sounded fleshy. No, I'm just kidding. We were sitting at that place, <laughs> and we were talking, and it was like, you know what? We should probably make a video, and I was talking to Phil. I was like, we're going to make this video. We're going to have our brothers sit down, and we're going we're gonna to sit around, and we're going to have a Bible study. And we're going to say, okay, we're going to open up in and, and Bible study. Let's pray, and, you know, have Aaron pray or something, and, and he'll say a prayer. And then we go to read the word, and we read a scripture like, you know, for there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And then we look around and say, so what are you guys taking from that? And then Gabe goes, Christ. Christ, 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 Christ. And then it goes over to Luciano. He's like, Christ, Christ. And then the guy goes over here and goes, yeah, Christ, 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 Christ. And the other guy comes over here and goes, yeah, Christ. And then another guy who's new to the group goes, well, you know, I kind of took away that, you know, back in the Greek of this word found here and. You know, in Hebrew, it says this, and, and, and yeah, man, I mean, it's just really deep. That's what I took away. And everybody looks at him like, strange. And then the person sitting next to him taps him and goes, Christ. <laughs> he goes, yeah, Christ. Because we make it about everything else but Christ. And we want to drive that point home. That every sermon preached, every fellowship had, Every event taking place in your life should revolve all around Christ. Truly, truly. So that's our goal. That's what our mission is. That's what we want to do. We want to help bodies of believers and people to get away and unplug from trying to be popular in the culture and just get back to the simplicity of Christ. And by God's grace, we believe we're going to achieve that. Amen? Is God good? All right, we'll do some takeaways. You can end that.